Hey, it's America's Supermom. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. This series is the Corona Chronicles. I created this so that we would have an outlet of positivity in the midst of a lot of negativity. You know what I'm talking about. All the news, the fear around this virus, um, how it can affect us, um, what the new normal is looking like, and how so many things have changed that a lot of people feel like um, it is the end of the world, so to speak. So this podcast was created so that those of us who have hope, who are willing to move forward with this new normal and uh, innovate new things that will help us to be creative and positive, that is what this platform is for, for us to come together and share that positivity and that light with those who may need it. So if you're interested in sharing your insight, please reach out because we can never have enough positive news. So sit back and enjoy the show. I want to thank you guys for joining me today. I'm really excited about my next guest, my oldest daughter, Taylor Atkins. And today just happens to be her birthday. So before we get started, I'm going to let her tell us a little bit about her before we get into the interview. Hi, everybody. My name is Taylor. I am my mother. Uh, um, whoa, <laughs> mom brain is really kicking in. Um, but my name is Taylor. I'm the oldest of my mom's kids. Um, I am just thrilled to be on here. I'm a mom myself, and I have my own vlog on YouTube called Taylor's Journey. So if you guys are interested, just check me out. And yeah, that's about it. Okay, so um, let's talk about your vlog, you know, and how we got started and things like this. Because a lot of people right now are going through this pandemic and, you know, the news is negative about, you know, people losing their jobs and stuff like that. And, you know... Um, Talk to us about your journey, you know, because somebody may be interested in vlogging. What advice would you give them and everything? Well, I started my vlog because um, when I was pregnant, I was pregnant by myself in grad school. So um, I just remember going to YouTube when I was stressed out for like just to see people's stories and like find motivation to like help me keep going and staying focused. And I wanted to know a lot more about like my finances because I knew I was in the best state financially and I just wanted to get my life on track for my son and um, just be the best version of myself I could be and so YouTube really helped me out and I realized like the people I followed I didn't really have most of them already like moms who like were married or um, just they already have like their lives together for what it will appear to be together on screen and so I wanted to give my perspective of a single mother because I was a single mom looking for people like that I could relate to. So I basically just started my vlog to be that resource that I wish I had when I was pregnant. And that's kind of like what I did. That's kind of like what my vlog's about, like just helping people. My motto is uh, I show you how to live, your, be the best mom you can be and live your best life. So yeah, kind of like my mom, I guess. Okay. Now, so um, so you said that you kind of were the example because uh, you didn't really have anything yourself that you um, could 
you know, anything that was kind of speaking to your exact story. So, um, you know, how did you feel about that story? You know, I mean, in terms of feeling like you didn't have anybody to relate to and things like that, because there's some people right now that might be like, nobody understands my situation. I don't have a job. I got to do this or whatever. So how were you able to turn that into something positive? I think because like, I feel like what my vlog helps me a lot is, um, it really just helps me like figure out solutions to problems, I guess. So anything I'm struggling with, like one of my most recent vlogs that I did a couple of months ago was, um, a good example would be like COVID-19 mm-hmm. and I was talking to my mom cause my mom was like, I'm not taking nobody to the doctor. And they called me because I have a, a little baby under two and they were saying like, hey, like we get like there's COVID, but every appointment right now is important for him, um, even though he's not getting shots, he needs to come in. And I felt like as much as I didn't want to do it, I was super stressed about it. I felt it was like important to film that experience so that if somebody was on the fence questioning if they should go or shouldn't go that they had somebody there that went and what it was like. So I kind of just, my vlog really helps me when there's things that I don't really see, just helps find like solutions or like at least give a perspective of like what something's like. So that would be like my most recent thing. That's what it really helped me with because I didn't really see too many people like me online. So I kind of just like building my own little niche, I guess. And yeah, I mean, it's just really like my journey through life because... That's kind of like why I named it Taylor's Journey. That's good. Okay. So how how does it feel like, you know, being a, a pastor's child? You know, do you feel like there's added pressure with uh, doing everything right? And how were you able to kind of balance that with, you know, your own situation? I think it wasn't more so that I was a pastor's kid that stressed me out. It was more that um, me and my child's father had both already been... Uh, our parents broke generational curses. So both of their parents, like my parents are married and my um, son's father's parents are married. So we kind of felt like we were moving backwards because we weren't married. And so both of our parents really, and my parents were really accepting. My parents didn't judge me at all, really. But I don't really think his did either. But I mean, you don't want to let your family down because it's like um, we worked hard to break that type of curse um, being African Americans and to go backwards, I feel like it was hard for me. And I also just didn't really want to be a single mom, period. More, and I really didn't even really want to be a mom because being the oldest of my mom's kids, a lot of my life I had to sacrifice and make a lot of, um, just always be a resource for my siblings. Um, a lot of ways, like I never really had, like, you always have to share being part of a big family. And I kind of just wanted to have, like, my own life. So having to, like, a kid is a huge responsibility. I knew that anyway, being the oldest of so many children. I know, like, what goes in into raising children. And I wasn't ready to give up part of my life so early, like, in my 20s. Like, I found I was pregnant when I was 25. So um, I think that was the hardest part. It wasn't really until recently um, with quarantine that we've all just been forced into, like, isolation, really had to think. And that's, like, where I've been, like, kind of, like, been a little stressed, like, what can I do with my life to, um, just be, like, a light to others and not really be somebody that's just, um, going through life. Like, I really wanted to find out what my purpose is 
um, so that I could be a light that God can use. So I think that part has been stressful. But I mean, my family and like uh, being a pastor's kid never really like made me stress or anything. I feel like my family has always been really supportive and loved me. And they never made us feel like if we made mistakes or anything like that, they never really harbor on it. Um, they just always been supportive. So I never, I mean, I can't really speak on that because I don't never really had like a bad experience. That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. So, um, what advice would you give somebody, you know, because that comes up a lot where people are like, you know, oh, you're the first to go to college or you're the first to do this when it comes to being the oldest mm. in a family. And if you feel like you're in a space where you might have let somebody down. So even now, like some people might be like, well, I'm the first one to move out of the house and I lost my job and how am I going to pay my rent or whatever the case is because of quarantine. So what advice would you give them first to kind of get back to the right mindset about that? I think, um, I think what helped me the most really, God really helped me. Like I can't even pretend it was on me. Um, cause when I got pregnant, I was, my child's father was in Atlanta too. So I was in grad school in university of Miami. So I was by myself alienated from my child's father and his family and my own family. And I think what really helped was just sitting in isolation and realize asking myself, what do I want out of life? Um, and I think when you really think about the things that you want, um, for yourself, when you get off, thrown off track, when you always have that plan and you know how to obtain that plan, that's really all that matters. So, like, being the oldest, like, the oldest one to, like, have a kid, really, and then to have a kid out of wedlock, I mean, if I didn't really have a plan, I feel like I could have been stressed out. But I think I knew what I needed to do, like, for myself. And here he comes now, my little baby. Come here, Leo. Come here, baby. Come here. What's wrong with your baby? What's wrong? So, uh, you know, we're used to it, okay? We get these little interruptions with the kids. We were trying to do this when he was taking a nap, and he woke up. So that's what happens. So um, you, what advice would you give people about vlogging? Because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, my story is not important. There's so much stuff out there, or just how to get started. I think um, everybody's story is important because there's only one you. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you, there's a thing I learned, like, you can't be anyone else because everybody else is already taken. So you got to mm -hmm. be yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have no idea how much you can help somebody. And just by sharing your story and just being true to yourself. Um, the biggest thing I would say about vlogging though, vlogging though, or just blogging in general or any online platform you have to be in it for, like, the long haul because success doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. um, you really have to be... You have to be consistent and not worry about promoting yourself or people thinking that you're... Like, people judging you for starting something new and things like that. You just have to really just know that this is what makes you happy. And it doesn't matter if you have one person watching or one million, like you could be the same that one person if you change that one person's life that's just as important as changing a million so i really think the hardest part of vlogging is just staying consistent and just not being embarrassed by people finding your vlog and like worry about what other people say because people can be something 
Now, so how do you stay in a like a very positive mindset? You know, because with vlogging, like you said, you you get people that make crazy comments sometimes, or you know, um, say things that you know you to kind of get you pumped up in a negative way. So, how do you keep yourself in a space of being positive in spite of? Well, I feel like with me, I'm I'm a little different. Um, I um, I would say like I'm very realistic. So if I'm struggling, I don't lie and say I'm not struggling. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. So like if I am having like a bad time, I'll make a vlog about hey guys, like you know I'm not having a great day. Um, this is just part of I guess like it could be something like uh, it could be like I got like a bad test grade or when I was an undergrad or as far as like I might just be having a bad day like if I want to be married I'm stressed about that or if I'm dating and like if I was dating somebody we got in an argument whenever that was to happen I would always show that mm-hmm. because I feel like if you don't show the negative um just for me I just I'm just really true to myself and like it's kind of like an open diary for me mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody has that approach you don't have to have this approach you can have whatever approach you want to have. That's mm-hmm. a good, that's the greatest thing about having your own platform, and your it's yours, so you can do what you want. But me, I'm more of a, a like a daily vlogger. I I vlog like my lifestyle. So if I'm having, if I'm not in a positive space, I'll post that I'm not in a positive space. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just how I am. That's good. I mean, <laughs> that's the ability to be authentic because you know if you get a lot of views and start getting a following. They're following for who you really are. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to kind of feel like, oh, I got all these followers. Now I need to change and start dressing a certain way or talking a certain way and things like that. So um, what kind of things should they be looking for with their vlog? You know, like just actually the process. So you're saying being consistent. What does that consistency take uh, into account? How long should the vlogs be? You know, just any kind of. Uh, insight that you give can give somebody what what number should they watch and that kind of thing I feel like the biggest thing you should do um, my my videos that do the best are videos where I'm helping or solving a problem like I have one mm-hmm. video um, my mom knows that I'm like kind of on the bougier side I get my <laughs> nails done regularly and I get my body waxed and so during the pandemic um, all the wax salons closed for COVID-19 and I've made a video on how to like wax yourself at home and any video like that or like how to like remove like I'm another really popular one that's how to get rid of lizards anything that's like it's I know it's crazy you just have to watch it because my mom's laughing but anything where you're solving a problem Mm -hmm. is where people are relating because vlogs blogs and all these things are on search engines um, Google, YouTube, all these platforms are essentially search engines. So mm-hmm. when somebody's typing on there, they're looking for an answer to their question. So when you think about your vlogs or whatever it is you want to post, you just want to always make sure you're giving out some sort of value to people. Um, and you don't always have to be like how to do your do it at like do yourself um, window treatments or you don't always have to do a how to. But just having that sprinkled in your content is what will lure people in and then they'll get hooked on your personality and then they'll just follow you like 
doing like lively quotes or budgeting or whatever it may be, but just um, finding that always having that sprinkle of content um, that is solving problems, I think really helps Mm -hmm. and gets a lot of traffic because I feel like my channel has grown a lot over quarantine. I was probably getting in like, I don't know, like uh, around like 200 views a month, but now it's around like 1500 views a month. Like that's how much Mm. I'm pulling in. So, and a lot of it is from my how-to videos. Like, people get on my how-to videos, and then they'll go to, like, the rest of my channel. Now, so, but how long have you been vlogging? Um, consistently, I would say I've consistently been vlogging for, like, eight months. Maybe nine. Consistently. But over a space of time. I probably did three months consistency, stopped, and, like, did it, like, once every two weeks, and then back to, like, three months of consistency. Mm -hmm. But I've had my vlog. It'll be... A year and a half now, but I've only been consistent for half of that. Okay, now so uh, with the vlog, thinking about it, um, you know, what are some tips that people? So you said search engines, how tos. What other tips, like, um, you know, to make your vlog more attractive, or um, you know, do you have videos that are in it, like the little, um, you know, thing in the beginning, you oh. know, like an intro, like so. Tell us some of those. Things. I feel like. I feel like with the, um, I feel like a lot of times when, when we start our vlog, if you're anything like me, I feel like I'm kind of type A when it comes to certain things and I want everything to be like perfect. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like waiting for things to be perfect, like thinking you have to have a ring light or thinking you have to have a certain camera Mm -hmm. or a certain editing software. I wouldn't really focus on that. If you are trying to start a vlog today, Mm -hmm. I would focus on on being consistent so Mm -hmm. that would be at least posting once a week Mm -hmm. and um trying your best to make thumbnails which is just like the picture that advertises your video um making sure that those are attractive Mm -hmm. um those would be the biggest things but other than that um the biggest thing that holds people back is just starting and i feel like the sooner you start, that's when you'll see the things that'll make your content better because there's always things you can fix. But as you start, one day you're going to be like, like for instance, when I started, all I had was um, my iPhone and I had one camera. Um, now I have, I fluctuate between two cameras. I have like a ring light. I have an external microphone. Um, I have different editing softwares and things like that. But I didn't learn all those different things until I started doing it. And each time that I, as you start doing it, you're just going to notice like, okay, people like this video. Why did they like this video? And then you're just going to make a better video each time. And then you'll soon start to outgrow the things you have. So like if you have an iPhone, you're going to outgrow your iPhone. You're eventually going to get a camera Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I wouldn't focus on that though. First, I would just focus on if you like to make videos because making videos is very labor intensive my mom always gets she gets on me like every day i come over with the baby on sundays and i just drop him off in the living room and i work on my videos for about it's a good amount of time like eight hours eight to ten hours and they're always trying to ask me to do something i'm like mommy you know i'm editing today she's like okay okay i know you're writing okay i thought you could stop i'm like no you know you already know what today is like, I don't hang out with my friends on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sundays is solely for editing. Because if not, with my mom schedule and work schedule and life schedule, there's just no way. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that you're able to focus on being in one day. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so that's uh, what other time management tips can you give some of the moms who, you know, are working from home and they have their kids with the homeschool or, you know, whatever. How do you uh, kind of manage your day? Some tips you could share. Well, I feel like me, like mine, I'm like a very like anomaly when it comes to motherhood because um, both me and my child's father work from home. And so... I don't have Leo every single day. Um, like, there'll be days where he'll go with, like, his dad for the week. Like, for, not for the week, for, like, a couple of days. Or, like, he'll go with, like, um, our our fam- like our parents. So, if I know that I have, like, big projects and deadlines due, I just schedule out when Leo's going to be away. And then the hardest part when Leo's away is me staying focused. So... <laughs> It's like when you finally get a break from like your kids, because I mean we love our kids, but we mm-hmm. need breaks sometimes. And um, when I finally get away from him, I'm just like, oh, I can finally breathe. Like, I just want to relax. And you still forget, like if you want something out of life, you still gotta work for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just you have to. What I do is I get a planner, and I just basically plan out my day, and I plan out my content each month too. So I plan out exactly which videos I'm gonna put out. I pre-film them usually all in one week then I spend the weeks of the month editing a video per week Mm. so it's just you have to get you just have to have some sort of time when I was in grad school because nobody was there with me I had to be there by myself in Miami I did the same thing I would just plan out my days um and I had to adjust around his sleep schedule so if he woke up around 7 I would get up at 5 a.m and have 5 a.m to 7 to do my stuff and I just always just, I just always write everything out and then just go according to plan. Because I feel like if you don't write it out, for me at least, mm-hmm. everybody does different. But for me, if I don't write it out, it's not getting done. Yeah, that, and that I think that's true because a lot of people, now you're 28 and I'm 49. And I find that to be the same thing. If you plan it, it's kind of like you know that you're going to do it. And it's no room for air. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So even if you don't feel like it, it's like, look, I got to get this done because it's already uh, cataloged. If I don't do this, it's going to mess up Everything something else, else down mm-hmm. the thing. So how did you get that mindset, you think? My mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do you think... Um, so what benefits does that provide for you? You know, having it planned out. Um, I think I got a lot of it. I got a lot of it from my mom because I used to think that she was crazy, always writing everything down. And then mm-hmm. I was like, let me just try it. And then I was like, oh, it actually works. And I really did that. And I've been writing everything down since high school. Even in high school, I think I still have all my every single one of my planners from high school. Like I had to work. I was in cheerleading and I um was in school. So and I was working pretty good hours. Mm-hmm. And so I would always write out everything I had to do. Even I would even schedule in like to this day, my friends still get mad like. I was scheduling, oh, I'm free on Saturday at between, like, 5 to 10, or I'm free next week on Tuesday, and they're just like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, because my weeks and everything have always been planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is it is a benefit, and it does kind of cause anxiety a little bit, though, because um, there will be days where I just won't look at my planner, and then I'm just like, whenever I look at it, I already know I messed up, so I'm just yeah. going to be stressed out trying to catch up. Yeah. But it really does help. Like, it helps a lot. Like, I think without planning everything, I would not be as successful as I am today. I know that for a fact. There's mm-hmm. just no way. Now, so, you know, and, like, I'm a planner, too. But I think, 
you know, how does that help you when it comes to things that are not planned? Like being spontaneous and stuff. So. I leave room for, uh, is it spontaneity? Is that yeah. what you mm-hmm. I leave room for that. Um, like I try to give myself one free day. Mm-hmm. So like if something spontaneous was to come up. But a lot of times, I don't know if this comes with just being a mom. Before I was a mom, I could be very spontaneous. But now, it's just not feasible for me. Because mm-hmm. um, I already have so much stuff planned. And, like, it would be hard for me to to just do that. Like, I, I really can't. No. That's probably why I'm not dating right now. Because it's just not. No. <laughs> so, you know, because a lot of people get kind of stressed out. They're like, you know, it's kind of like a budget, right? So people are like, oh, I don't know. I want to get my finances together, but I just feel restricted if I have this budget. So some people feel restricted if they plan, you know. So talk to them about the difference you think with what you can accomplish and like being able to be flexible, when you have stuff planned out, you know, I mean, because a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, even if I talk about my money, I'm not going to be able to spend it the way I want to. Everybody looks at budgets, plans and things like that. It's very uh, rigid, no room for change, no room for spontaneity and that type of thing. Oh, I feel like I feel like I was more like that before before I became a mom. Like mm-hmm. I I and I think that's what made it so hard for me when I found out I was pregnant because I always had my life planned and so my son wasn't part of my plan so I was in my 30s mm-hmm. and like everything I had planned just got derailed. So I think once and I feel like that probably is a source of a lot of anxiety because I made a lot of plans that I'm not able to like pull through, but I think you just have to for me, I can readjust my plans. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying like I'm not I can't be spontaneous, but like I can't be spontaneous mostly because I have a child and I'm a single mom. So like if somebody wanted me to just last minute do something, I can't do it because mm-hmm. I don't want to bring Leo. There's a pandemic going on and mm-hmm. it's just like there's too many variables. But like but like but if it's like if they ask me if they ask me they want to do something let's say somebody asked me spontaneously like hey let's go grab dinner um today and i have leah with me and i can't do it but i will automatically think okay i can't do it today but how can i grab dinner with you and then that spontaneous thing can get shifted to like next week Mm. even though i already have next week planned i can readjust things i see so but like i i just physically am unable to just do anything right then and there because mm-hmm. of my son but I can still I can always reevaluate mm-hmm. or readjust I think like that's what anything like you have to be able to you have to be willing to be able to readjust not mm-hmm. to the point where you just lose focus but make a minor tweak here like right. my friend Taylor she wants me to go over to her house on Sundays that's the only day she's free and everybody knows Sundays are my day so how I'm going to readjust filming and editing that day, I'm just going to try to get my video done on Saturday. But she told me today's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Because coronavirus, mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah. Today's, <laughs> today's Tuesday, so she gave, me enough, she gave me enough time to readjust. But if she would have mm-hmm. asked me on Saturday, there just would have been like, no way. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to be able to readjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think, you know, having that foresight to say, well, is this a priority? Is this going to move me forward mm-hmm. to what I need to do or not? You know, so it's like, hey, 
well, let's just go party at the next, you know, whatever, you know, depending on what that priority is. Is it like, um, you know, recreation uh, priority or is this more going to mess you up from something else you got going on for the week? Yeah, the the biggest thing I don't really take, I don't take sch unscheduled phone calls. And I know that sounds crazy. I'm only 28. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I, my, because my friends, like, I love my friends to death, but all of, like, we just get on and we'll just talk for like hours because we're all working at home and I have a, even though I'm working at home I have a lot of stuff to do mm -hmm. so I schedule my phone calls with them and they get so mad I'm like are you free I'm free tomorrow at 8 I'm free Friday at 10 and so I really don't take unscheduled phone calls because it's just like phone calls like you have to notice you have to always evaluate what is taking your time mm. because a lot of times you think like I don't have time you do have time you're just getting your time soaked up by things. Like, are you getting your time soaked up by social media in the morning? Like, mm -hmm. if you are going to, let's say you decide, like, I'm going to get all my work done from 9 to 12. But you, the first thing you do is you get on your phone. And now you're on TikTok or whatever app you like from 9 to 10 and already took away an hour of time. So, like, you just have to know what is taking your time away mm -hmm. and set boundaries there. Because if you don't, especially working from home... And being a mom, because the babies are going to want to do what they want to do regardless. Mm -hmm. So you need any time that you have to get your stuff done. That's good. Now, so I like that thing about evaluating your time because you're right. A lot of us kind of get involved in stuff Stop and we you. think, you know, we always underestimate the stuff we think that we do. And then the stuff that we want to do, we overestimate how much time mm -hmm. it's going to be. So it's like, oh, I want to start that business, but it's going to take so much time. And then when it talks, then somebody asks you, well, how long are you on social media? Not long, about an hour a day. And, you know, you look up and you've been on there for four hours. A day. Right. <laughs> not, just, not the week, a day. So what is it that you do in your daily routine? You know, what's your morning or day routine that kind of give us some insight, you know, on how somebody can plan, you know, what type of time you allocate for certain things? So usually during the work week, because I feel like that's the, that's the most stressful that we are all struggling with. Mm -hmm. um, what I do is I get up early. Um, I get up around seven, mm -hmm. and I usually work if I have a lot of deadlines due. I work from seven to nine, mm. and then at that point I'll stop. I'll answer any emails I have, and then um, Leo's usually up at that point, and he's running wild. So. I feed him, I feed myself, and then I try to get my workout in. I know, crazy. And so then after my workout, I'll relax a little bit. I might watch, um, like I might get on social media or something like that. And then I'll start working again from 12 to around 2. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'll take another well-deserved break. At that point, Leo's probably taking a nap. And if I haven't, because that's where you say you have to readjust, some days Leo's a little more fussier than others. So if I hadn't wasn't able to work out in the morning, I'll spend that time at that point working out. Um, and then I'll cook us our lunch or dinner. And then around, around around four, he's up again and moving around. And so I'll play with him and just lollygag from like four to six. And then from seven to nine, I'll work again. Mm -hmm. And then by that point, he'll be ready for bed. I get on like the prayer line around that time because we have a prayer line from 8 to 8.14. And then after prayer, I'll finalize any um, work I had to do, any emails or anything like that. And then if I hadn't worked out at that point, so if I hadn't worked out in the morning, 
in the afternoon, I'll work out then. And then I'll go to bed around uh, 10, 30, 11. And that's about my day. Okay. So, yeah. So, usually, like, I don't I don't really work the normal 8 to 5. I mm-hmm. work in two-hour increments mm. with two-hour breaks. That's, like, how I manage to work my work schedule. And I had to talk that over with my bosses, too, because I have a young child. And he just, um, like, he is here right now. Like, if he wants my attention, it doesn't matter if I'm on my laptop, if I have an email due, if I have a deadline, he's not doing it. So right. I have to work different hours around his sleep schedule and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just like communication, I feel like, with yourself, being true to yourself, like not being unrealistic and being true to your bosses and your supervising staff. Um, if you're able to work from home, like being honest with them, really, because I mean, I feel like my, I'm very fortunate to have such a supportive oh, staff. Um and I get things done still like I normally did. I just don't work eight to five. I work seven to ten mm-hmm. or seven to nine. Okay. And then like one to three and then like seven to uh, ten. Yeah. Now, so what do you think? How many children do you think you'll end up having? Um, and a lot of people ask that. I feel like I know for a fact that I do want more kids. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal probably would be like three. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like that's what I would want for myself. If things change, then they change. But that's kind of what I see myself at, like right around three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. And uh, what's the best way for people to follow you on your vlog? And so you can follow me on my vlog at Taylor's. And it's T A Y L O R apostrophe S Journey and just Journey like Journey. And yeah, that's my YouTube channel. And I do have Instagram, but I kind of deleted it because it was just giving me so much negative energy. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't give you guys my Instagram because I'm not going to, I'm not really on there anymore. <laughs> okay. I deleted it off my phone. I don't know when I'm going to get it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And what final words would you want to share with everybody? Um, Just always follow your dreams, you know, find a way to make it happen and just do it. All right. Yeah, just follow your dreams. I love that. And I love the fact that, hey, it doesn't matter how you start. You know, um, you know that doesn't have to determine how you end up. You got to keep moving and keep dreaming. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been such an honor to have uh, Taylor with us today. <laughs> Thanks, Mommy. Sharing her words of wisdom uh, from a 28-year-old. So I hope you guys were taking notes. I love that part about... Um, really being mindful of what you're spending your time on. It's the same thing we could use for, you know, how we're spending our time watching TV or people that we're hanging around or how we're spending our money and things like that. So uh, you guys, uh, thank you so much for listening and reach out to her and follow her on uh, her YouTube channel. And uh, we will talk to you guys the next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I really enjoy providing content that inspires and challenges us to be a better version of ourselves. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, please email me at info at lachelleadkins.com. You can also reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, or my YouTube channel. If there was something in this episode that resonated with you, it it probably will resonate with someone else. So please share it. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. But those aha moments 
those moments of really getting something and changing your perspective are very, very pivotal in having people um, change the trajectory of their lives. And so being able to share insightful information so that other people can grow is the easiest thing that we can do as we pay it forward. So again, I want to thank you all for listening. And if you have time, write out a review. Go to iTunes, Anchor, uh, wherever you can um, find this podcast on any of those platforms and write a review about um, what impact this episode uh, had on you, what you learned or whatever. Um, Any feedback is great because it just helps me to understand what content is really beneficial for those that are listening. So again, I want to thank you all for your support and taking the time to spend some time with me and my guests. And I wish you a wonderful day. Thanks for listening.